Welcome to Point Your Toes, the Adventures of an NYC Dance Teacher. I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. And I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We will be sharing our experiences and all their ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of the students and companies we have worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name, and if we do, they will be changed. That being said, let's get into today's topic, censorship. So I want to start by sharing a, um, I'm sorry, what moment that happened to a dance teacher at a competition. And uh, his name is Tanner, Tanner O. And it starts like this. I just watched a performance of a solo to the song, I Want to Be Naked With You. This is also the same studio that had 12-year-olds dancing to Slay For You last year with a writing whip. So censorship, which comes up a lot in school settings and at studios because we're dealing with young kids, so I think you ha- you kind of have to have a conversation about censorship. But what I do find so interesting is that, like, the varying levels of it, because mm-hmm. I have been in situations where I've been at dance festivals and competitions where a school is a Christian-based school, and they don't, like, they cannot get away with, like, anything. But then I'm at other schools where it's, like, I need you to tone it down immediately. Right. Or I think it's I think it's really funny um, that there'll be instances, like, I remember specifically two years ago I used a Backstreet Boys song, and in the song they say, um, sex, they say the word sexy, um, and I remember someone being like, ooh, yikes, like, maybe you should just, like, bleep that word out, which I was like, listen, bleeping one word out in the middle of a song is V-hard. Yeah. Um, and, like, they were like, well, get the clean version. I'm like, this is clean. Like, there is no clean version. Like, if you write in clean version, this is, is what, what comes, comes up. up. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. sexy is not, it's, that's not the bad word out of everything out there. And what I ended up doing was just have the kids kind of, like, clap on that word like the dance move they did have like a clap in it to kind of drown it out a little bit but I think it's so funny that there'll be situations like that where like the word sexy in the middle of a song really irks people but then we're totally okay with having 12 year olds dance to I'm asleep for you and bringing riding crops on stage yeah and like that's fine though so I think music choice is probably the best way to start into this and I I have ha- now. I want to first talk about like the. I think all music should be take should be listened to out of context, and in context, because that will allow you to see what you can and can't get away with. Because something I bump into a lot of the times is when I go into institutions and I'm doing hip hop. There is tons of hip hop music that I can use that sounds like what's on the radio. Sounds like something the kids are into, but they're saying nothing of any real relevance. Um, one of my personal favorites is Just Fine um, by Mary J. Blodge, and it has a verse by Lil Wayne, but, and it has a great club beat. Like, the first time I heard the song, I was legitimately in a club in Atlanta. But, I, literally, the whole song is Get Your Body on the Floor, Get Your Body on the Floor. Lil Wayne's entire rap verse is about going to a barbecue and, and dancing on the dance floor, and it's completely clean. Yeah. If you hear it on a first context, if I say if I just say Little Wayne, most people are like, mm, yeah, that's not clean. You're lying. But I listen to it over and over again. It's also like the a very quick and easy. Like if I just need something, it's got a very standard beat. It's in four four. I can use it for basically any kind of class. 
And so I'll use it a lot of times for beginner hip hop or beginner, even some of my jazz classes to start out with. But I always have that look of an administrator being like, wait, is this appropriate? Is this appropriate? Right off the bat. Um, so I, de I definitely say you have to take a second and listen to the music and don't automatically assume that just because it's a certain genre or just because it's a certain artist that there isn't a, that there is a bad version. Um, cause like, uh, Cardi B has a song out with, uh, Maroon 5. Yeah. 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 I, I actually, love that song, I literally, I use that song for, uh, my plie exercise yeah. in all of my classes. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone else in the building is really sick of it right now. <laughs> but um, she, and I remember when I first started playing uh, some of the teachers and even some yep. of the kids, because, like, because the kids are told from their parents, Cardi B is all curse words. We're like, you can't play this. You can't play this. And like started freaking out. And I was like, I've literally looked at the lyrics. I've it's done everything. super like, innocent and Cardi super sweet, B, actually. Cardi B does not say anything inappropriate, no curse words, anything. In matter of fact, there is one time throughout the whole song that the word shit is said and, and that's by she doesn't say it yeah. it's maroon five that says it so Just, yes like realizing like okay maybe artists or genres are associated with things but listening through them and um realizing that that's not that's not the bad part and well especially in that particular video like they have several like powerful women in yes. the video and things like that so like it's like an amazing look, video and actually an amazing song so i always say look at things in context because also things are, like there are times where i'll look up a clean version for a song and again it will be removed of all curse words but the content itself is not okay oh yeah there are other songs that my kids will be can we play this and i always ask them like do i need to find a clean version and they'll be like no 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 and sometimes I can just tell and oh, I'll yeah. Google the lyrics and I'm like, so we're absolutely not dancing to this because without saying anything, the whole song's about sex. Or my personal favorite is uh, the group Fun, uh, Tonight We're Young by Janelle Monet mm -hmm. and them. The song is not appropriate for children. It is not necessarily a terrible song, but tonight it's like, tonight we are young, but it's like, uh, the first song is like, uh, what is it? It's like something going to the bar and like, I looked up the lyrics because like I was, I was going to use it for something and literally I was like, this is def like, like, is he, he's picking up a girl at the bar at the end of the night. I don't yeah. think this is right for children. Well, that's, that's what I have said. Um, and again, high school, I would not oh, have yeah, a problem with it. Right now. Yeah. Some... I have the same thing, though. I'm using a song. I'm using uh, Macklemore and Kesha's Good Old Days for one of my uh, dances for their one of the class's performances. And basically the whole song is fine, but there is one verse where Macklemore speaks about, um, you know, like getting drinks and going to the bar. And we used to, like, smoke outside back in the good old days, and now we just sit in a bar. And I'm like, you know what? Do I need that whole verse? Nah, I'm just going to cut it out. There you because go. it's not necessary. I don't need that whole song. Right. And so, there, again, that's one of those things of, like, I think with music choices, there, I think you just have to kind of work for the situation that you're in. And don't always appeal, like, and again, I, I'm leaning more on hip-hop when this happens, simply because hip-hop is very viral right now, and dance challenges are totally a thing, and I just feel like choreographers, and particularly studio owners, because I feel like you guys struggle with this, studios, not necessarily studio owners, but studios struggle with this a bit more, where they want to keep their kids entertained, and they want to keep their kids focused, so they'll use the most popular song at the moment, 
even if that song is not yeah. appropriate. Which I want to bring up, um, kind of segueing into, into this, when teachers, dance instructors are choosing songs to appease the performers. Yeah. Um, I totally get the whole, you know, like, you need the kids to buy in. You need the investment from the kids of, like, getting excited to listen to the music, getting excited to do the song, mm-hmm. getting excited to learn the dance. There's a bunch of classes where I'll sometimes go into a class with three different options, and I'll have yeah. them vote, and I'll have them listen to three and vote. Like, I could do make up a dance to any of these three. They all fit the theme for the show. What yep. are you guys interested in? Yes, but yes, there'll yes. all be songs that I've already vetted. So yes. they must choose from those. And I just feel like um, I've seen it a lot before where the buy-in is so important, but not to the point of having the performers, the, the kids and the teenagers and the performers own you and run the class. Oh, yeah. um, because there yeah. is definitely songs out there. There's also instrumental versions of songs out there yes. that could be so fun and so amazing and way better to work with. So if you are so focused on, well, I need the buy-in and the kids are interested in this, the kids only want to dance to Kiki, that's not being, um, you're the adult. Like as the teacher, like you are the adult and you, also, and you need to make the right decision. And you also have to kind of just like work with the phases. So something that I do is that like I, cause I don't, listen to the radio i'm a new yorker i do not listen to the radio i in my commute i listen to my headphones and whatever like i don't listen to a radio station it just don't happen i think a lot of new yorkers are kind of that way where we don't really listen to a radio no i'm like a huge podcaster yeah so but (laughs) but it's one of those things of like i will ask them what songs they would like to hear and i like i let them like draw graffiti out of all the name and the artist and i will look up all of these songs and i'll download and listen to a lot of them and a lot of them I just go, follow, yeah, not appropriate. Or it's on that little gray area where it's like, we can use it for across the floor or we can use it for warm up one mm. day, you know, but it'll never make it into a show Same. just because of this content. There so are, there's yes. middle ground there. Yes, there are definitely songs I use for other combinations in class and oh, across yeah. the floor and, and exercises that I know, though, when it comes time to the performance, especially with younger kids, I'm not going to let that be on stage. Oh, yeah. and I think, But I think uh, generally it is one of those things of – don't get caught in them yelling about a fad. No. Because it's all I run through that all the time where they will love a song right when it happens, but then six months later for the recital, they're like super cuckoo-cuckoo for this song when it's just not working anymore. You know, so I definitely think that it like you, you got to be careful not to let them run the game when it comes to yeah. music. And again, or challenge them, you know, I always, I love going to my kids and being like for, especially for solos. So you got to bring me three options. Only one of them can be mainstream. Mm. So out of the three names, you're going to tell me two of them. I either need to know because they're obscure and I love obscure music or I need to go look up where they're from. And I also, you know, as a, as a dance teacher, I think it's, you know, a huge part of what we do. Massive part of what we do is about musicality and using music and connecting to all of that. So introduce the kids, introduce your students to other music, introduce them to that obscure music or stuff that you would, you listen to when you were 10 or stuff that your parents would listen to, but you be the one, you continue to be the educator and bridge that gap between dance and music and, you know, just educate them on what exists in the world. And for me, I know that I always, like, when I was teaching my kids on, my advanced kids on Saturdays, like, 
depending on my mood or depending on like I'm just tired of hearing pop garbage and don't get me wrong I'm a pop girl I love all the music but there are some days where I'm like nope it's 80s day and I would do a full class to 80s music yeah. or like I taught a whole class to Prince and uh, I did a whole class to Prince's music yeah. right after he passed I think I did a whole, I did a whole Michael Jackson day um, and the kids love that oh yeah or and like they, they'll be like they'll, they were recommending artists for me to do a full day yeah. too and again, like I think, literally, I think one day I just did like I I did all of Michael Jackson's Thriller album. So of course there were songs that they knew, and there were ones they never heard of. And again, it was across the floor. It was like just a combo for that day. Like I think that's where you can you can influence them in a positive way of just learning outside of what their is their norm. Um, you again, you have to play the adult in the room, and that's a, a very creative way to keep control of your censorship. Um. And something else kind of segueing onto our next topic, as dance teacher and as choreographer, some moves just don't belong on certain age groups. I don't think there's just any other way I can say it. Yeah. Um, we were talking about this a little bit before we were on air about just a crotch shot is just not something that should show up a lot. No. It, it just like really, <laughs> um, it really... You know, it's funny because I used to, what, somewhere I used to teach, I would always tell my classes, um, especially the older kids, I could be more kind of blunt with them. And I'd be like, listen, here's how I feel about dress code. And I would be like, you want to wear shorts, you want to wear booty shorts, spanks, like that's cool, but like straight up. And I would tell this to the kid. They were older, they were teenagers. But I was like, if I see your vagina, we're going to have a problem. Oh, yeah. And it's the same type of thing when you're choreographing. I shouldn't see your vagina. Yes. Or I shouldn't see your balls. Yes. Because, like, sorry to be crude like that, but I do think um, a lot of times people want to put in certain tricks. And you can put the trick in, but why can't you face it to the back? Why can't you or face quasi, it to the side? Like, just or a quasi, slight what, turn what to the audience right? to, like, the side gives the same yeah. illusion. We were talking about... Um, Someone we know um, was working, was directing and choreographing a production of Sweet Charity a couple of years ago, working with teenagers. Um, granted, the majority of them were older teenagers, were yes. you know probably sixteen to eighteen years old. However, um, in one of the dances, I don't remember it is it honestly was probably Big Spender probably or something Big like that. The director choreographer had the girls do one of those fan kicks on their bottoms where you roll on your bottom and you do a fan kick. But instead of, but had them doing it with their their front, their front of their body facing the audience. So when they went to fan kick their legs, it was literally like, bam, vagina. And um, the director of the program at um, who was oversaw all of these productions actually ended up having to take the director choreographer aside and say, that's not appropriate. Even for the 18-year-olds, the people coming to see the show are going to be their friends and their family, their loved ones, siblings, no parents of other people. That. It's just not appropriate. And had him and told him, you can do the same move and have the same effect, but have them face upstage. Have their backs face downstage. You'll get this beautiful leg line, this beautiful circular motion yep. of the legs without having to look at a 16, 17, 18 year old's vagina. Yep. And it was a conversation where like that's so embarrassing to have to have that conversation or be spoken to like that. But it makes so much sense. And to be honest, 
then when their when their back was facing the audience, it just was more about this beautiful their long legs creating this beautiful circular motion versus it being about literally about sex, yes. which is what it should not have been about to begin with. And there was I remember telling Danielle there was a piece my I, I, this had to be freshman year my freshman year of college that came became known as a crotch piece because like it was just. It was rolling over your shoulder, and every there was just very long crotch shots the entire time, and it became about that instead of the actual piece. Like I to this day cannot tell you what that piece was about at all. I just remember oh they're doing the crotch piece, and I'd be like oh yeah, and even the girls there again these are all college girls like grown women that like are very comfortable dancing for years, very comfortable with their bodies, but they just kept being like yeah what, eh it's fine I have proper tights on I guess we'll get through it, you know and. And not just that, they, I still have a very big thing with, like, sensual movement when it comes to younger ages and, like, the way rubbing on their body or necessarily rubbing on their breast. I've seen pieces like that, too, and they are... I've seen a piece that was about womanhood and discovering that you are a young woman where the entire time I was impressed by it, c- cried about it, I never felt uncomfortable being... Mm-hmm. And I was the only guy in the room. Mm. And that that to me is the, I think the one the importance of diversifying your staff, having both male and female men uh, on your staff, because I think what may not be alarming to you, like to a room full of women, might be alarming to a dad, mm. you know, or that I know that's always the the difficulty is like playing the censorship game when it comes to male and female. But just ask or put a, you know, have a group of men watch a rehearsal. Yeah. One, or if you think it's uncomfortable, it, you probably shouldn't. Or but even watch a, you know, watch, watch, a, rehearsal. watch a video of, yeah. the, of the dance and go, how do you, how does this make you feel? And does nine times you- out of ten, a male, because, and I particularly say most male dance teachers, I am used to having predominantly girl students or being the only guy in a set space when it comes to teaching dances, particularly at younger ages. So I am comfortable with a certain level of that's just dance. Again, I've had to have the ladies' time talk with some of my students during that time frame. So I'm comfortable with a level, you know, with a certain level. But there's always a, a moment or two when some things where I'm like, ooh, that makes me, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm not bothered by much. And that makes me go, if I'm concerned about that child's comfortability or if I'm concerned about that, that's when you do kind of have a, have to have a conversation about mom and dad stepping in or wondering if the judges, if this is a competition setting, are the judges going to mark off or something like that, you know? I think sometimes, too, um, I, you know, I do not choreograph for competitions, and I do not judge competitions, so what I'm about to say is my own personal opinion of what I've seen from TV shows to personal experiences, what I've seen. I feel like a lot of times teachers, dance choreographers who are choreographing for competition pieces um, are trying to get that wow factor or yeah. that um that what's the that shock factor um and a lot of times we've talked about this on a couple other episodes that you will choose to go too far you will take those yes. couple steps too far to get that wow or that shock factor and be like you know wow this little kid can do x y and z but the the song, the costume, the actual movement is not appropriate for their age range. Doing I'm a slave um, for you with writing crafts. Yeah, there's just no there's no need for that. And to me that to me, that tells me that that is a an adult 
who wants attention and not an adult who's trying to truly create, you know, and, and have expressive movement and put it onto to children and have that and have them be able to, to take your material and give it a childlike ability. Um, to me, when you do a slave for you with writing crops, that's you saying, I want attention. I want to be noticed as the adult. And that, and I, I just, and that's when I go get your group of friends together that are adults and choreograph that piece and put it on the internet. Because don't get me wrong, there are, I know burlesque dancers. Like there, there is a realm and element oh, and time yeah, and space it's, and it's still for that. Yeah. Where I mean, and don't get me wrong, certain music videos have those types of things. And it, um, Lady Gaga, what was that? Uh, Bad Romance was like a, it was in like a Russian whorehouse type futuristic thing. And so like, there is a certain space for that. But it's like, it, when you said that, it makes me think of another uh, dance teacher I saw and she was she asked about using for her music theater class she was like it is my teenagers 16 to 18 but I was thinking about using a song from the Book of Mormon the mu- the musical the Book of Mormon and for those of you that don't know the Book of Mormon is a musical written by the creators of South Park and the musical Avenue Q mm-hmm. so they literally say F you God in the show there's a whole song called oh, F- yeah. you know, Hasadiga Iboi which means F you God now out of context, that's very hard to explain, and I don't really want to dig any deeper. But in and of itself, the creators of the show re- are right are the creators of South Park. May and Tra- um, Trey and Matthew Trey, Trey, Trey Parker Ma- and Matt Stone. Stone. Yeah, so like that should just tell you the type of musical that it is, and trust me, it is. So wh- I love that the response back from from this teacher asking, "Is there a song from Book of Mormon I should use?" I really love Book of Mormon, and everyone literally it was like, "No, no, no." Here are better options, here are better options. But there was one dance teacher that commented, this is just you wanting to pick your favorite show. Yeah. This is not appropriate this for children. This is you wanting to choreograph children. And usually, like, it's true. Like, if you have to ask, the answer is probably, probably no. no. Like, if you have to <laughs> yeah. ask, is this appropriate, then the answer is probably no, because you had to think about it in the first place. Um, I also just think that in terms of choreographing, there is, I, you know, and I'm thinking in terms of, musicals because we're thinking you know in set when there's like supposed to be set characters and there's set dialogue mm-hmm. set storyline um where a lot of times with youth theater productions you'll still do these you'll get these musicals and yeah. be told okay but it's a youth theater production and how do you take um a scene that might involve something a little more sensual or sexual kissing making out and make it appropriate for children and i think that that is something that both you and I, Tony, have had to work oh, yeah. a lot with and figured out how to do from working on musicals. Um, and I know, like, I've worked on... Um, I've got a bag of tricks. Like, oh, they're just yeah. certain But even just, like, even use. just little things. Like, one time I did a production of... I was choreographing a production of The Boyfriend, which, mm. I mean, that's one of my least favorite shows. But I was choreographing a production of it, and oh, there's a whole high school. there's oh. a whole scene. Oh yeah, we did it in my middle school. There's a whole scene where it's like the the two leads, and they're supposed to be seventeen, and they're supposed to be like starting to fall in love, and they're supposed to have this like cute little romantic dance together, and then they end up kissing at the end. Um, and they're during the dances, they're supposed to get like closer and closer and closer. This is what it says in the script. We go through the whole thing. You know, they're supposed to be 17 originally when it was done. The characters are 17 played by 20-whatever-year-olds, right? Yeah. Sure. A lot of times, they'll take these old shows like The Boyfriend and do them in middle schools. Oh, yeah. Or even younger. And I remember I was doing a production of it with 
um, like late elementary, early middle school age kids. So like 10 to 13. Mm -hmm. um, and we were going to do this dance and just thinking about, okay, so they're not, my, my two actors, they're not 17. They're not 20 playing 17. Mm -hmm. They're not even 17 playing 17. They've never been through this type of emotion in real life yet. They haven't gone through this yet. So for them, how do we relate this scene to them? Okay. They are about 12 years old in real life. They're starting to understand what it's like to like different, you know, different, um, to like someone in that type of matter. So playing off of that, doing cute little reaching to grab your hand and then running away, yep. cute little, um, let me kind of spin you around. And at the end of the, the number, I just had her kiss the boy on the cheek and then he actually got all nervous about it. And the point of my point being like, part of your job as a choreographer and a dance teacher and a theater professional is to take whatever material mm -hmm. is given to you, especially if it's set material, something like from a musical, or if you're trying to re if you're being asked to recreate a dance piece and thinking about, okay, what is the age range of my students doing it? And how do I mesh those two to make it appropriate and also make it relatable to the age group doing it? You should not have to take a tell a 12 year old that they have to act like they're 17. No, take the material and make it relevant for the 12 year old. And that's not the easiest thing to do. And it is a lot of errors, but I think that that is one of the biggest ways to take material and censorship it and make it appropriate. Oh yeah, or the thing, I comedy. I, so in high school, I danced to, the girls danced to Life Upon, uh, Life Upon the Wicked Stage. And the boys, we danced to the opening number from Full Monty, the musical. So like, Literally, we, we took no clothes off. We wore black pants, white tank tops, and bow ties. That was our outfit. And the girls were in leotards. Maybe one or two had, like, uh, ba black bathing suits, but they had mesh over them covering mm -hmm. everything. Um, but, like, we literally, it was all comedic approach. Like, Life Upon the Wicked Stage, they went with angry and aggressive, like, they didn't want to be touched. Right. So that, like, so any kind of, like, sexual censure move, they're, like, snarling be like, ugh, over that. And for Full Monty, it was pure comedy. Like, we were doing as, literally, I remember the director saying, he was like, I don't, I don't want to feel turned on. I want to laugh from start to finish. Yeah. So you tell a bunch of teenage boys that we get to make we get to make funny sexual jokes. That was all that right. we needed. And so I do and remember him going through like he, right. And I remember him going this. That's way too sexy. Why are you touching your crotch? Right. You know. And like I remember him going in and saying those things like that. But again, it was. And granted, we totally, I remember rehearsing, it was like boys were in the gym, because these were massive opening numbers for like uh, Georgia Thespians, but like boys, we were in the cafeteria, girls were in the lobby, no, they were in the stage, they were on stage. So like, we were in separate contained spaces where we could like figure out these things yeah. where it was only men in there working with us. So they can be like, yeah, that does not work. No. Right. And the girls rehearsals, my friends, was, it was the same thing. There was like, you can't grab there. That does right. not work. You know, it was you, need that, like, you need that adult to censor. And it was, I think that's so amazing. Like you had these, this director, these directors who oh, were yeah. like, 
let's take this material and again make it appropriate for the teenagers we're gonna make it into a big joke oh we're gonna yeah. make it into being funny especially for that age like sexual comments and stuff are funny for 16 17 18 year olds so making it about that and to then have someone be like okay so too far that's yes. not cool I think again, just being super smart about the material you're being handed. And something this is this goes back to again being a choreographer, and it's one of those things of like kind of segueing into costumes a little bit, which we've talked about before. But like, sight lines are a real thing, mm. and height of stage and height of audience is also a real thing. Mm. There have been numerous times where I've gotten to a dress rehearsal and literally had to be like, "You didn't tell me, old girl, was going to be in a skirt." And it's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. She's got on shorts and yeah, but the kids are going to be sitting on the floor so they can literally see up her skirt. And they're like, oh no. And so everyone scramble. Mm-hmm. I've also been in the reverse of that. I was like, yeah, we can see down her shirt. That yeah. move that moves allows us to, to see clearly down her shirt. And they're like, again, oh no. And again, there are numerous ways to adjust and fix. But do like, that's one of those things of like, you don't have to think about it too much when you're in the studios, but I just know I've gotten to the theater, gotten to tech in the theater and been like, oh, yeah, that does not work. Yeah. And again, like, <laughs> like A, being smart and being like, okay, they're about to do all this dancing or this trick or whatever, this lift, so that's not going to be appropriate and that's not going to work. And then also, like, say you are doing a show like Sweet Charity and the num- it's Big Spender. You there are so many ways to go about Big Spender. You oh, yeah. do not have to have them in bras and panties. Basically, you could have them no. in sev- ala seventies go go dancer dresses with sequins on them because the show takes place in like the sixties or whatever. Or even with Chicago, and, like, you know. Um, but they're just like you again being smart with the cast you have. Every time, like Chicago, it's it's always a little black dress. Like yes. the cell block tangle, yes. it's like, and I've it's a form too, yes. fitted but with dress, but it's a it's a little black dress, which or they're not, in like you know, black leotards, is, uh, a black leotard with black tights. Yeah, which is obviously like not what you see on the Broadway stage. They're a lot, you know. They show more. They, they show, show more, belly, more skin. More you know, it's not it's not necessarily inappropriate, but they show a lot more belly, or they have yeah. super high cut bottoms. But yeah, but it's, it's even easy. Wide, it's high waist though. Yeah, that's period. Yeah, it is. But to so easily like, like you're doing Chicago at a high school because I know there are high schools that and do so, Chicago and a now. lot of competitions put love them, using cell block yeah, tango too. Put them exactly. Put them in the black dress with oh, the, yeah. with the spanks underneath, mm-hmm. and you won't have a problem with like okay, but why are they in like high cut? Like, I'm pretty sure the last banks and then a bra. I don't know if I judge this competition or if I was just at it. I go to a lot sometimes. This year has been good. Oh, it's been good the last two years, but I go to a lot. But there was one where they did sell block tango, and it was a huge MT number. But they were in like black fringe dresses, like they were black fitted, like it was black dresses that was red underneath with like black. Not fishnet, but like mesh on top with like black fishnet tights. And so like it was, I definitely felt the costumes were appropriate, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't, I saw a shoulder, you know, like, so I never got the ungrossed out feeling watching it. And I think that, again, I think that matters a lot. Um, And again, I think, I think sometimes it gets hard because... As the creative person, as the director, choreographer, instructor, you want to, like, be, quote-unquote, authentic, and you know exactly what it should look like, and in your mind, you're like, wow, this costume would just look so good, and truly, like, get the point across, and 
across and aid in a story, but then relating it back to like, okay, but my cast is like a median age of 15. So <sighs> how can I find my happy middle ground that's appropriate and, and still advances, like still tells the story through and the costume. And you don't want to be the one to introduce. That has always been my kind of thing. I don't want to be the one to introduce this type of information to a child. I don't like, especially when I do musicals and stuff like that with a younger age, I'm always like, have they had, like, are, have they had the talking conversations about ladies of the night and whores and prostitution? Right. And I've got one director being like, I don't really know. I was like, bro, we're doing Chicago with them. They need to know, like, the sexy, like, that's the thing. Like, do yeah. they know? Like, so, and again, I don't want to be the one to introduce that to them. Some people feel differently. But I think it's one of those, it's a conversation to be had beforehand, definitely, when you introduce these things to children. I also think that it's one of those things of, you have to know, they can just learn and do certain pieces later in life. Yeah, there is no reason reason why, like, certain numbers have to be done um, with a certain age. Like, I even remember... I did a summer program one time, like when I was when I was a teenager, I went to a summer program, and in my musical theater repertoire, we ended up doing um, uh, "Goodbye Twelve, Goodbye 13 from um, uh, chorus line, yeah. from a chorus line, and I was fifteen during this summer, and I think everyone in my rep class was somewhere between like fifteen and seventeen, so again, like kind of appropriate. And we had so much fun doing the number and we laughed at certain jokes. But I'm thinking back on it and I'm like, wow, there are also things that definitely went over my head because as a 15-year-old girl, I still didn't know what some of those things were or kind of the implications of them and kind of, or even just like the punchline of the joke. I didn't get it yet. And so it's one of those things of like as much, and we ended up doing the full, the original choreography and as, as fun as it was. And honestly, like, because it was a showcase for everyone who was at the program and the, the people who taught at the program, it was a very safe space. So in that sense, it was fine and it was appropriate. And we were 15 to 17 years old, so it could have been worse, but that's still not really appropriate for a 15-year-old. Well, cause because the whole point of that, too, of that number is these adults, 20-something, 30-something, 40-year-old adults thinking back to when they went through pu- puberty. And how and inappropriate it was, honestly. You're still going through puberty from 15 to 17. Well, I remember, because A Chorus Line is my favorite musical, hands down. I've said this numerous times over. But... They're like they're the character of Val sings a song tits and ass and it's because she gets her she gets a breast enlargement and a butt tuck I don't yeah know if she does her butt but like all about her butt and her uh, all about her uh, tits and her butt and the entire point is that she's had them worked on so Val is in a very fitted T-shirt and she has she has a leotard underneath so she has the leotard bottom and a fitted tight a fitted tight shirt. Her entire song and scene, you are stare. She is purposely doing stuff to have you right. stare at her butt and her boobs. So, I remember in high school, we really wanted to do that show, and we kind of had enough dancers for it, and we were considered doing it. And then, literally, my I remember my high school director being like, "I don't know if I can get that song past our principal," mm-hmm. and we end up going with "Thoroughly Modern Millie," but. Like, there were just, there were, and I just, every time I see a high school do that, and I go, you're in the middle of puberty, so you don't know, it doesn't quite work for me. And also, I just go, I'm always scared for that girl, because this, uh, whoever you cast as Val, you're asking an entire audience to look at her boobs. 
And, you know, there there was a company I worked for where I had pitched a couple times, like, let's do a course line with, with a certain group of teenagers we had. I was like, we have the talent to do a course line. And I and I said, I was like, I understand that it's a mature show, mature show but let's do a production. Mm. I was like, we've done this before at this venue. Let's do a production where it's literally 17 and 18 year olds and it's on a restricted access for audience members. So you yeah. have to be 16 or up to come see the show. I mean, I saw my first production, of course, when I was like 12. Like, I, I'll be honest, I did. Again, most of the show went over my head though. Oh yeah. Um, and, you know, we didn't end up doing it and the show was never produced there. It hasn't ever been produced there. And I, but I think part of that too was like when I pitched it, it had, I was like, it literally has to be now because it has to be with these kids. This certain group of kids. Who, this yeah. certain group of teenagers who are about to or have technically already graduated high school and it is their summer before college. Yeah. And can I know that they can handle that material with us sitting down and talking about it and then making the audience, make sure that the audience is 16 and up to appreciate it. Um, and it's something that I, I, you know, tried to get done and it didn't happen. So, but the point being like, you just have to be really well aware. And when you try to pitch something like that, like have a clear vision of like how it's going to work and it's probably still not going to happen. And honestly, exactly. it probably it probably shouldn't happen. And that's it's just one of those things of like censorship is something that is constantly go back and forth about because I know what was acceptable in my house was not acceptable in other houses. Oh, a hundred percent. And then other times, I you know I'm told I got away with murder right. and or, other people like yeah, I totally like, get away I, with that. Yeah, like I remember like I was allowed to listen to the Rent soundtrack. When Rent came out, when I was was growing up, and I was like a preteen, but I wasn't allowed to watch South Park, you know. Right. So, like there's I could listen to like, Rent, but my parents didn't really know what Rent was. But I couldn't listen to, to the Simpsons when I like I couldn't yeah, watch the Simpsons. Yeah, as a child. I was not allowed so, to like, watch. I was not allowed to watch like The Simpsons or South Park, but I could listen to Rent, and I could really only listen to Rent when my parents were there. But yeah. I think that um, that also is not a teacher or a director or choreographer's choice to make. It that is on the parents. And it's yes, and so and that's what I, that's what I will say. It is on the parents, and don't let your kids be the one to tell you that because I've yeah. had numerous times where I'm like I don't really think that's appropriate. Well, my mom lets me listen to it. Yeah, but that's your mom making that choice in that moment. How is she going to feel about me, a male teacher, or, you know, a teacher Absolutely. or institution and using that is, same song? So I have no problem being like, hey, mom, dad, that your child wants to use this song for this solo. Are you okay with this? Because I, I, um, I don't have kids, but I have to say that I respect that. And I'm sure that a parent would respect it, too, if I was like... Listen, they might be okay with it at home. That doesn't mean they're okay with that song being sung and performed to in public. Oh, yeah. So we need to have that conversation. You know, because I go through that all the time with, I'm teaching with my um, uh, kindergarten and first grade where they're like, yeah, can't request a song for me. And I was like, yeah, it's not appropriate that that we play this song Mm -hmm. at all. You know, and then they're like, but I listen to it at home. And again, I go, that's at home, not here. Because... Any group of kids, even the very, again, I have a kindergarten and first grade group, and majority of the class, their favorite song is the Gummy Bear song. I don't know who invented this song, but they go ape shit over this song. They love the Gummy Bear song. We're also listening to Ladybug and Cat, which I had never heard of until this year either. But then I got somebody else being like, can we play Kiki? This is all in the same group of kids. I'm seeing them on Wednesday, actually. Like, this is the same group of kids that are seeing and feeling the same thing. 
I don't want to be the one to introduce them to uh, I Like It Like That by Cardi B if they're not hearing that at home or, if, you know, like, yeah. I again, I get cautious about introducing. Granted, I like like that. There's a clean version. They were fine. But I think you have to just be careful with that because you never, again, I don't want to get called up for a song. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. I don't I don't want to be, have to sit in front of parents and my boss, be it studio owner or administrator or whatever, and be like, because of this song. Um, I, I will bring up even things that are slightly controversial. I know that with uh, earlier this year with the talk of R. Kelly's music and him being, and the, the documentary coming out talking about his sexual abuse crimes and things like that. Um, the conversation of using R. Kelly's music came up and the conversation yep. of Michael Jackson's music yep. came up again. And even some people might be judging the fact that I did a Michael Jackson thing. Granted, I did it during, after he had passed. Um, and n- again, in class, no one seemed to have a problem with it. But if someone has a problem with it, my immediate response right. is, okay, cool, we'll pick something else. End of conversation. But I, and I have to say, I'm with you on that because I, I have used Michael Jackson music in the past for shows. Never been a problem. Yeah. I even used um, R. Kelly's World Greatest last year for a special uh, performance for one of my groups of kids. And again, un- you know, unfortunately, a lot of R. Kelly's music is really good and danceable. But I have to. I'm with you with all of the documentary coming out and all of the articles and all of that. It's just I felt not to. as an educator and as a choreographer that it's easier to not have to have that conversation, yes. and it's just going to come up with too many questions. And it's at this point with all of the media, it's too hard for people to separate the music from yes. the person. So it's just not worth. And it. sometimes things fall out of favor because I, to be perfectly honest. This year, my high school seniors feel quite proud about this. This is the first year I've choreographed to a Chris Brown song since the controversy with him and Rihanna years mm. ago. Mm. Like, granted, this was years ago. They they are not even associated with each other anymore, and they both have moved on and created way more music, and have lived whole lives since that incident several years ago. This year, they finally convinced me. I'm actually using two songs by him, Question and Risk, mm-hmm. and neither one of them are appropriate. So, like, we, it's been uh, such an argument finding clean ver- Oh, I made my students do it because they're all high school seniors. I make them find clean versions of you it. You can find a clean version? We'll do it. That was basically it because I was like, I was like, first of all, you're making me use Chris Brown. I only want clean versions. Well, and sometimes it's like, that's like, that might sound like kind of a sassy thing for the teachers to say, but with the older kids, with junior, seniors, and beyond and whatnot, I think it actually is like a really good learning to, experience Oh, it's a learning experience. Because completely. you go, okay, you want to do this song, it needs to be clean. If you can find a clean version, we can do it. Then it really gets them to start delving into the music and delving into like what it means to be clean music. Is there a clean music out there? Is there? That? Because the, the it, challenge, usually if I say that, that means I've done the basic, right. I put it in a YouTube, I put it in a Spotify, and nothing came up. Right. So you're going to have to search for it. And you start to realize, like, you get those kids that will either find it or they'll come back and be like, oh, you're right. Like, this really is not appropriate. Or I tried looking, and I looked all day and yeah. couldn't find it. And that to me, I go, excuse me, and that to me, I go, that's perfectly fine. But that's a lot of man hours prepping for a show that I cannot give to one solo that's going to be 30 seconds, you know, Mm -hmm. um, two minutes or whatever, a minute and 60 seconds or whatever. Like, that's more time and energy I want to give to finding music when there's a plethora of songs. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, you know, hopefully we stop celebrating music artists that create such issues, but it's one of those things of, it's just better to not. Again, having, having those unnecessary complications or picking those songs, like, 
I know if anywhere were to use an R. Kelly song at this current moment, it would be, I don't know, because um, I believe I Can Fly is often used at kindergarten graduation, yeah. adult, everybody's graduation. It. But it the minute that song is played now, it becomes about the song and not the event that you're at. And I think that is the important yep. part to remember when you when you're dealing with censorship at all. Is the thing that they're trying to censor going to change and going to steal focus from the topic? If the answer is yes, censoring it is going to steal from it, find another way. Yeah. If the answer is no, censoring it is not going to steal away from it, or it, that being there is going to detract from it, that's the real question I think you have to ask when it comes to censorship, is is this actually affecting what we're doing? I think that that's a great, I think that that's a great part. You know, I think I like what, for the sake of what, you know, I, I had a boss once that said that like, for the sake of what, you know, like can't, especially when I think of something as simple as like being sexy or sensual, which again, at certain age groups, you have to be careful with that. There are so many ways to do that that don't involve taking your clothes off or oh being God. revealing. So I'm just like, get, challenge yourself i feel like when if if you've ever found yourself where censorship is a problem like a major problem i would go so far as to say you're not working hard enough yeah generally speaking yep. you know i'm sure there's always exceptions to that but generally speaking you're not working hard enough would be my yeah. answer to it i agree well that being said that rolls us right along to our next session called i'm sorry what and this section is all about those crazy wacky moments we have teaching dance in this industry. Um, my I'm sorry what moment. I don't really have one. I don't think. Nothing's really standing out. Today is my first day back after spring break. So I didn't do much. But the first <laughs> day stuff back. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's... It's like, also test season for I me, too. I know. So like, it's testing season. It's the last of the state done, testing oh this God, week. Oh, God. I need to be over. That's, uh, um, that's like, really awesome and um, exciting, and I can't wait for it to be over. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I was sick last week or the week before. I can't remember. And um, I remember, like, telling, I think it was two weeks ago, and I remember telling my classes, like, guys, I'm really under the weather today, really under the weather this week, so I need you to just, like, really, like, just be quiet and focus and listen so we can get stuff done because I can't talk loud, I can't dance a lot because I have a fever and no energy, so I'm going to really need you guys to listen to lead yourselves. And they, I remember they all did such a great job, and I remember sitting there being like, wow, maybe I should just be sick, like, every class because we actually got so much done. I, that's actually kind of true, like, but I hate, I kind of hate it because they all, I will get credit, I've had classes like that too where it's like, I'm dying and I can't call out. Yeah. And they like, they sense it and so they're just super great. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil it because I need it on those days. You know, and I'm honest with them, like, I'll tell them straight up, like, I hate, can't dance today. Like, this yeah. happened, so you guys need to listen, you need to lead yourselves. Um, but I always think it's so funny that, like, then... You know, then you have days where you're, like, feeling really great, and then they're also really hyper, and you're like, I should just be sick, I guess. Like, yep. I guess that's just the way to go. Yep. Um, that being said, that rolls right into class shout-outs. I have not taken class, <laughs> but I've taught so many classes before break, and I teach so many classes this week. Um, but in particular, I want to give a shout-out to my late elementary school girls. They are all fifth, and they're fourth, fifth, and I have one sixth grader. 
And um, I started a step team with him within the last month, maybe month and a half. Um, they have their first performance tomorrow. So, yay, coming right off of a break and having a performance. Yeah, um, So, today's rehearsal was insane. That's why I'm exhausted now. Um, but they wanted to uh, share some of their steps with you all. So, they're actually going to be on the PYT Instagram today because today's International Dance Day. Well, but... What is this? Monday is International Dance Day. So by the time, by the airing of this podcast, they will be up on the Instagram. And I hope you guys take a look at them. Uh, it's just two steps that they've worked on um, prepping for the show. But yeah, they're That's excited. exciting. So they That's really great. Up. I'm excited to see them. Um, I want to shout out my classes I've been teaching as well this week. Um, they, a lot of them, even down to the younger ones, even down to my first graders, I've been really trying to push myself this semester with having their dances for the show not just be very flat and very um, forward and unison, but to give them more acting choices in that, to give them a story to build upon, to have different sections in the dances. Um, even with my first graders, but especially with my older kids, seeing them really understand my vision and me have this idea in my head and be like, I think we can do it. I think they're ready. I think they can handle this. And then seeing it, them really listen and actually understand what I'm asking them to do and do it and ask smart questions about it mm-hmm. and really be invested in trying it has, um, that's, I mean, like, that's why I teach. Like, I really love that. And being able to be like, wow, like, my vision is coming to life and you're nine years old is really cool. Yeah. Um, I also want to shout out... Um, I did, I haven't taken a dance class in a while, to be honest, but I did take, um, I did a bunch of self-love, as we talked about last week, over mm-hmm. the weekend. I try all the time to do it, um, but I uh, went to a Pilates class um, this past Saturday. I posted a little Instagram story about it. Um, I hope some of you checked it out, but I just want to shout out Avea Pilates Studio in New York City. There's one in the East, West Village and one in the East Village. Um, they're traditional Pilates reformer classes. They're just really great. It's a, taught by a lot of um, professional performers still or ex-dancers, which I think is really great because they really, really understand the body that way. Mm-hmm. So just a little throwback to our self-love, self-awareness, bettering yourself. Um, Avea Pilates Studio in New York City has been really great. Um, check them out. Nice. That's it. Well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that. We want to say a special thank you to our listeners. Our numbers keep growing, and that's all thanks to you. Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. You can find us on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at PointPYT. You can email us at PYT. NYC29 at gmail.com. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher.